All right, guys. We got us uh, another guest in the studio today. I don't even know enough about your credentials to list them correctly, so we're just going to say it like this. We'd like to welcome to this particular episode of Unclever our friend who's good at killing stuff and knows a lot about it. <laughs> that could mean a lot of things. Yeah. Could <laughs> our friend who's good at killing stuff and knows a lot about it, Mr. Cameron Mitchell. Welcome. Thank well, you welcome. for having me. We could do you like an applause or, you know, uh, there something we go. like that. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, yeah. Have welcome. you ever seen the movie The Beverly Hillbillies? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid where it. this might be going. I love it. All right, you know the scene when they're sitting at the pool table slash dining room? And the yeah, they put the chicken bones in the yeah in the pockets and, and all the that. Bank president, Mr. Drysdale, asked Jethro, "What do you do for a living, son?" And he says, "I don't know. What do you do?" <laughs> that's that's my answer. I got like, what do you do? I don't know. That's pretty spot on. <laughs> we we're gonna get into all that, but first, you need to know that you came up on an episode of this podcast already, but not you. Well, you and not you. Your family came up, so. No. Something that's near and dear to all of our heart. It was an episode you just asked about, actually, because yeah. I was kind of flipping Restaurant Memorial. Restaurant mm-hmm. Memorial. You do the math. Where are we yeah, going with I this? Yeah. <laughs> Around the corner deli. The old deli, yeah. Mm. Rest in peace. Yeah, that was a uh, – that, that came up. Believe it or yeah. not, it was one of the ones that everybody in the room talked about. I think they're putting another restaurant in there right now. So Really? Yeah. Dad's been up there working. So Are you serious? I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know who's. Are they going to have lasagna on the menu? <laughs> yeah. The people. That, the people sure. want to know. I'm not sure. The, and I don't even know if I should tell people that. I, okay. Dad's up there working on something right now. So <laughs> I'm pretty go. sure there's a restaurant right in there. Well, I'm call. I'm calling order a Philly cheese tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we all talked about was the Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. The Philly cheesesteak lasagna was fantastic, and they had a chicken bacon ranch sandwich that was really good. Dessert pizza. Did you work there ever? No. Well, I mean, unless they needed some work done, but I, I was so, never employed yeah. by them. The thing about a restaurant is it's hard to own a restaurant and not be there. Like Yeah. Oh yeah. And just delegate right. everything. Like if you're if you're gonna be in the food industry, you have to be there all the time. Yeah, anytime you go to a restaurant and it's like really good, you're impressed with everything, it's because like he's saying, an owner is there a lot. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> I was, and I, I don't like know like your family like really well, but I know I've met them all, and I know them all well enough to know that they wouldn't do it if they if they weren't going to make sure that it was on point and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, anyway, well, we're not opening this restaurant. Dad's he's leasing the building. Sure, now, so. mm-hmm. sure. I was at a, uh, a firehouse subs last night, eating on the way home. Yeah, what'd you get? Little hook and ladder. Oh, nice choice. Yeah, yeah. Took a bite and I thought, hmm, that's not supposed to be in here. And I pulled out a little square of wax paper. <laughs> and I went, I went up to the girl and I was like, I just kind of held it up. And this is the difference in an employee and an owner. She went, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, do y'all typically leave the paper? She's just, like, it's just paper. It's not, it's not a big deal. Yeah, just power through it. And I just kind of sat there like, that's not the reason. I didn't yeah. know what to say. And she's like, well, do you want me to just make you another sandwich or what? I was like, no, you know what? You're probably gonna do something else yeah. too. Yeah. I'm good on my sandwich. Uh, Just wanted so, to let you know. Yeah, an apology would have been yeah. nice, you know. Yeah. But that's the difference in an owner and yeah. an employee right there. But their cookies ain't bad. Never had one. Firehouse. <laughs> I, like I, I don't think I've had a firehouse cookie. Really? No. Yeah, their cookies ain't bad. Hmm. I like it's, the way they set up that like Italian one. Who's got the best cookie right now? 
Just in in general, yeah. In, as far as fast, well, I, I'll tell uh, you, for me, it's the subway, uh, white chocolate, macaroni okay. and cookies. Subway, a, a lot of times, subways get a lot of love, but you know who's you know who's got a really good cookie is Jacks. Yeah, mm. yeah. brother, yeah. I ain't had no Jacks cookie. Hey, That's right, man. You missing out? It tastes like a like a fresh baked cookie. Like I mean, I know that's, that's kind of a dumb thing to say. No, I know what he's it talking about. Like, though. It's good though. Like it has a little bit of a homemade top. I had one. The only reason I know they're good is because one was given to me because uh, it took a long time to get my food and they were apologizing. At the one in Mount Olive, potentially? No, maybe. Okay. <laughs> they, not to put anybody been. on blast, but... The yeah. old firehouse in Montgomery, Alabama wouldn't be giving you free. <laughs> I can tell you that. They apologized by giving you a cookie? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and it was they had just cooked them. And That's some... Warm. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. And they're they really good. good. I've, I've been a fan of Chick-fil-A's cookies as well. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about chocolate chip cookies. Our friend Cameron... Is, tell me if I say something that's not fair. He is an expert and a professional. <laughs> <laughs> that's a common misconception. Okay. People are, people around here yeah. think, wow, you're a great hunter. No, no. Yeah. I'm not a good hunter. I'm, I'm not a great hunter. I'm not a good hunter. Okay. I go with great hunters. He goes The hunting. outfitters are great. Mm-hmm. I just shoot. Yeah. Right? And so I've just been... Well, I was going to tell you, you're dealing with three novices right here. I think. I don't oh, know. Are dude. y'all big hunters? No, I've never been hunting. What, whatever's life. below a novice, that would be me. Yeah. Have you ever been hunting? Once when I was 12, I shot and cried because it hurt my ears. <laughs> yeah. How about that? That's honesty. So I, okay, I'm more advanced than these two then. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not like, I don't go hunting like regularly or anything like yeah. that. In any, any way, I didn't grow form. up around but anybody who did it. So specifically, though, did. Uh, what I mean, there's a lot of deer hunter, and Cameron's. You know, I would consider you. Uh, let's see, comparatively to the other people in the room, you are a great deer hunter. hunter you know for sure. more about hunting than anybody else in this room. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's not close. exponentially more, yeah. but specifically. What what you don't find every day is somebody who does the type of hunting that you do. Obviously, yeah, I actually don't deer hunt a lot for myself right. I take kids deer hunting but i <clears throat> excuse me um not that i'm above it or anything it's sure. just um i've when i was 31 i had hunted on my on the last huntable continent so I'd, i've bow hunted on every continent mm-hmm. and it's kind of like not that deer hunting's anticlimactic i don't i don't mean it to sound like that it's just no i don't understand it's kind of like when guys climb Mount Everest, yeah, and then it's like, well, now what? Why? Why am I going to Chee yeah. Hall? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, got it. But I get, I get just like I took a kid hunting yesterday, first time he's ever been hunting. Um, he killed a deer, and so I get way more joy out of that than I do killing cool. for myself. So he should take us hunting and we get it. I would be like hunting. taking a child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing that, but no big game hunting specifically like we were we were sitting around talking about you know man who's people we like to talk to and you just came to mind pretty early on because i was thinking all right this podcast man we've got um our audience is around like we got teenagers that listen to the podcast we got um new zealanders new zealand yeah we found out we're popular in new zealand by the way we talk about Lord of the Rings a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <Little> <laughs> we'll have some people that will, when this episode drops, they will see your name and the topic, and they're going to get really excited. Okay. We'll have some people that would be like, why are they doing an episode about that? 
So what I'm saying is you, you're about to get to educate some people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, that, that you get excited about. Yeah, I, I do because a lot of people, like the stuff I hunt, people lose their mind over. Right. Okay. Because we have a lot of, like you said, uneducated people mm-hmm. that are ignorant. I don't mean ignorant like, oh, you ignorant person. Just I just mean they anything. don't know yeah. what really, mm-hmm. you know, they just know what they've been told. Yeah. Um, like, I shot an I got a I shot an elephant. I've got it on video, and people lose their minds over elephants. Okay, elephants are going extinct. How could you get? I elephants are one. Uh, listen to this. <laughs> elephants are absolutely not going extinct in countries you can legally hunt elephants in. Okay, mm-hmm. they're vastly, grossly overpopulated. Yeah, uh, where I shot my elephant in the Kruger National Park, outside of Kruger National Park in South Africa. If I took you there and blindfolded you. And pulled, pulled the blindfold off and said, what natural disaster occurred here? Y'all would immediately say, oh, a tornado, obviously. Wrong. Yeah. It's uh, elephants knocking over all the trees and eating everything. <laughs> Never the, carrying, them. the carrying capacity for the greater Kruger is about 7,000, and they estimate there's 21,000 elephants. So, Good not. Yeah. So, so you, you just got back from a hunt, though. Not an elephant. Hunt. Not an elephant. I went mountain lion hunting. I got there Monday night. We had the mountain lion tree by ten thirty Tuesday morning, and I was back on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so this is funny because I had started uh, texting him to see, you know, if he could make time to come on and be on the podcast or whatever. And he was he was up front with me. He was like, "Look, or no, you called me. You called me and said, hey, yeah, I I could do it, but uh, I don't want to commit right now because you what was it like a lottery or how? No, no, no. the the mountain lion hunting is." Heavily dependent on fresh snow because okay. the dogs track the cats. That's what it was. And yeah. if they can't see the tracks, then you're wasting your time. Like, this is my third hunt. I, I hunted them twice, hunted them in Arizona and New Mexico, and never cut a track. Like, hmm. you're talking about miserable. Yeah. Um, and so it, the guy called me Friday night and said, hey, a storm's hitting. Can you be here Sunday? I was like, no, I can be there Monday, you know, after church. Yeah. Um, and so I, I landed Monday and, and – uh, I told him like, "Hey, I'll just go ahead and tell you my expectations are kind of low. You know, I'm not, I hadn't done the best on mountain lions." And he said, "I guarantee you, we'll get you a cat." And I don't, I don't like it when people guarantee stuff in hunts. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm, my luck is, if if we go fishing today, if y'all caught a hundred yesterday, yep. we won't catch any when mm-hmm. I go. I, it's just usually how it is. Um, but that's an, another one. Actually, I hadn't got too much hate on on it on social media with the cat picture, but. Um, mountain lions decimate ungulate populations, and ungulate is a like a deer, elk, mm-hmm. sheep, like a hoofed animal. Um, and they eat one can eat fifty two animals. They average about fifty two kills a year. So if you think, mm-hmm. okay, well, there's, yeah. if there's ten of them in just a few right. square miles, wow. like they can mm-hmm. they wipe can out really, a population. Yes, yeah, yeah, they can really hammer them. This is what this Joker gets me with is he's got all that like stored up in his noggin there, and I. I I want to get into that, but um, that was funny, though, because he called me, and that's what you said. Like, if you get the call, he said, if I get the call, I'll I'll have to go. And then I was like, well, all right, how about we put you down tentatively, and then if you get the call, then we'll say, okay. And then he texts me and was like, I got the call. I'm going. So I was like, okay, <laughs> it's off. We'll pick you up next time. And then he texts me like, a day or two later or whatever, <laughs> with the picture of him holding the cat, <laughs> of him holding the mountain lions like, 
okay, it looks like I can do the podcast after <laughs> all. So yeah, yeah, that that we cut the dogs loose at eight a.m. and at ten thirty, I was looking at it up in the tree. <laughs> like that's that's unheard of. So that was a, that was a pretty big mountain lion. Yeah, it's about one hundred fifty, one hundred sixty pounds. Yeah. How big do they get? Uh, people people say they get up to 200 but if one's just had a belly full like i can see maybe 180 yeah Um, he's just got a lot of meat yeah like if he just ate fresh yeah yeah. because they'll eat like do they eat like real big and then not for a while kind of thing yeah and they and mountain lions only eat fresh meat too so they want like a barrel eat rotting stuff Mm -hmm. um a lot of predators will eat rotting stuff but a mountain lion only eats fresh meat Mm. so they're actually good to eat too Really? Yeah. It's got a real light meat like pork. Huh. Yeah. I so, didn't bring any back with me. Um, I did bring the cat back. I rolled it up, froze it, and then stuck it in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, know if you're supposed to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, like, how you, got, how you got into this world. I think I know, but just for the ignorant listener out there or alex <laughs> when i was how'd you get into this like specifically i guess i'm talking about big game hunting yeah, i'll back up when i was five my cousin used to babysit me or us me and my sisters she had a boyfriend that hunted and he took me squirrel hunting in the yard one time and i thought okay i'm down i'm down for this <laughs> like this is fun <laughs> yeah and i i think as a man you are born a hunter or born a gatherer and i just happen to be born a hunter I just I, I'm I I thoroughly enjoy getting out there and <laughs> chasing yeah. the animals around and, mm-hmm. and putting myself in uh, I like putting myself in positions where my actions like have a direct outcome on my on, on my survival. Yeah, right? that mm-hmm. sounds kind of stupid to most people, but like like for instance, I don't want to skydive. Because there's too many variables beyond my control skydiving. I don't want to do that. But right. I do want to bow hunt dangerous game. Like that elephant I shot, I shot him at 21 feet away. Frontal, mm. frontal brain shot, like as he was walking at me. That's here here to that wall right, right there. Yeah. Okay. My uh, lion, African lion I shot, we tracked him for two days. And we were doing this big giant figure eight. And the figure eight kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, then we realized, wait a minute, his tracks are on ours. So he's behind us now. This, who's stalking who? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that was going to be one of my questions. You ever feel like you've been you're being hunted? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we we backed out and we're like, okay, we're done with this. Mm, um, that's got to make the hair on your neck stand <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Hey, and a, 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 male, me a little bit. A male African lion can cover a football field in four seconds. I believe it. Good grief! All right. <laughs> when, I'm sweating over here. Talk, whenever, <laughs> talk about some combine numbers. <laughs> yeah. Whenever we got the the PA the professional hunter who was guiding me, he said, hey, he's like, we got to get out of here. We'll try it again in the morning. So we came back the next day, picked up his track again, and here we are again. Well, he was fed, the line was fed up with this harassment by now. He backed himself into a little cubby, and we walked up to him, and, and he made it known, like, he wasn't, he, he roared at us to yeah. let us know. I ain't doing, we yeah, ain't doing this. Yeah. Don't get now. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yes. And that, it, it'll send a, like a chill down your spine. All right. His tail started flicking back and forth behind his body. Okay. He's facing us dead on. We're about 30 yards from him. And he said that tail is like a metronome. You know what a metronome is? Yeah. Like yeah. it counts down. Yep. He said, 
We're musicians, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're musicians. No, 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 I, meant, I meant y'all, the listeners. No, no, I got you. So his tail is flicking back and forth, and he said he's counting down, and he's going to charge. He will one. He's going to 100% charge. That lion charged and backed back into his little cubby before my brain registered a lion is charging. I never moved. He charged and then backed back up like he did a bluff charge and yeah. backed back up before my brain registered, oh, a lion is coming. Oh, that wow. That's wow. terrifying because that if he would have terri- chose not yes. to bluff. That was terrifying. I don't know if I would. I could have got the gun up and shot him in time. So, mm. Yeah, that's scary. That might, that, ooh, that yeah. So, it, but, I, so how, all right, so somebody, your, it was your, you said your sister's. My cousin's boyfriend. Boy, cousin's boyfriend. But he wasn't doing big game hunting. He no. was just like, how, how, where did the connection get to so big I game? So I started. Uh, I mean, I get the whole yeah. <clears throat> inside, the inner desire to say, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want to yeah. hunt something that's kind of dangerous yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but. I got I got a little ahead of myself there. So I, I decided from a very young age I want to hunt and fish. I just want to be around hunting and fishing. Yeah. And when I was 13, my mom asked me a question that will that changed my life forever. And I want listeners, if you got kids about this age, I encourage you to ask them this question. Um, mom said, if you had $100 million in the bank, what would you do tomorrow? Yeah. I said, well, shoot, I'd go hunting and fishing. She said, okay, you need to find a job that will pay you enough to do that or you need to go into that industry. And every decision I've been making as far as career goes since that point and investing and everything else has been to answer that question. How, what would I do if I had $100 million? Yeah. So um, I, I, when I got to college, I mean, I hunted around like just deer hunted and stuff like that and hogs and turkeys and things like that. But then um, a friend of mine, she's, um, her dad, well, Miriam Campbell, her dad was Dennis Campbell. Yeah. Who, if you ever went to the pharmacy in, on Highway 78 in Adamsville, you saw all the animals hanging up in there. And she, mm-hmm. she said, well, go ask dad for a job. He could use your help. So I didn't know what he did. I just knew he hunted a lot. I'm like, okay, well, let me get in and see what he's got. I went by his office, and I was a, I was a senior in college. Um, not, I knew kind of what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to get there. And so, anyway, I went in there and talked to him. And I saw, when I walked into my office that that was there at the time, Dennis has since passed away, but um, he was my boss for 10 years. When I walked into that office, there were 500 animals mounted. And I said, I don't know what this place is. I don't know what y'all do, but I'm in. Like, <laughs> I don't if I got to clean toilets, yeah. if I got to wipe this taxidermy down, whatever I got to do, I want a job here. And they said, well, we really don't have anything. But in long story short, something came up a few months later, and then I've been there ever since. So that's yeah. that was 13 or 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, but the company was it's called Grand Slam Club Ovis. It's an international hunting and conservation organization. We're essentially the catalyst between um, hunters that go after various milestones all over the world. You know, you kill different animals, you get these milestones. And the outfitters who have the hunts available. So we put the two in touch with each other. So mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's, that's what I do. In a nutshell, that's what I do. So. Yeah. So where that's how you got started. Where are you at with it now? Like where... Like in your world, like what's I guess your next big goal, or what do you what do you, um, what do you got in your crosshairs? There's an award called the Super Ten of North American Big Game. You got you have to kill ten different species, 
and um, that mountain lion was my ninth. So I, I want I need a candidate or I need a moose to finish that. And then um, in Africa, there's the big five, which is leopard, lion, elephant, rhino, and Cape buffalo. And I need a leopard to finish that. And then I'm kind of at this. After that, what is it? Just get a bigger one. Well, the, <laughs> the problem is after that, the hunts get exponentially more expensive because so you're I, just going after rare things or yeah, yeah more highly desirable stuff so i've essentially and these two these last two animals aren't cheap but um you know i've essentially shot everything i can afford so i'm kind of having this like <laughs> king solomon ecclesiastes moment like yeah. what is all this is all vanity is all what am i doing <laughs> yeah what what are those animals like that are i guess a little bit more expensive after that what are the rare ones just out of curiosity. That I want to hunt or Yeah, that you want to They're hunt like, but it's like unattainable yeah. maybe. Yeah. I'd just be curious. Uh, there are there are a species of goat in Pakistan. Or there's five four or five species of goats. They're called markors. Their cheapest one's a hundred grand. <laughs> For as in like the tag? The tag. The tags are very limited. And Pakistanis are big on their tags, yes. huh? <laughs> they like them. <laughs> yeah. They're proud of them. And then they should uh, be if they can get that for it, I guess. There's um, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's, it, that's it would. It, I used to think I knew people with money. Yeah, I used to think I knew people yeah. with money. Yeah, I I've been to the trophy room that he's talking about, that Cameron's talking about, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's mind blowing. That's when I. That's when I like. You can go and stand in that room for about five minutes with Cameron, and you'll get like you'll understand what makes him tick. <laughs> that, and that was at the, like, the old Campbell's Pharmacy, right? Yeah, Erica worked it's at that below, pharmacy. It's below that. So yeah. I yeah. drove by College. that all the time because I came – I'm a Farso kid. Shout out to Farso. No. And I was, <laughs> I was coming up here for school, and I remember driving by that all the time, and then somebody told me about that and told me about you, and I was like, and there? The and pharmacy? Well, that's what – he first when he first told me about it, I was like, really? Like, And then I walked in, I was like, oh. oh. Like, he wasn't yeah. kidding. It blew my mind. From, from the highway, that – that little area doesn't look like there's a, there would be a downstairs. Yeah. There's yeah. no basement there. That's what you think. It yeah, you pull mind. around the back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I've asked you this before, because I was just thinking, what's some things that maybe I've asked him or that I haven't asked him that I think people would find interesting? So one of the questions I wrote down is, what would you say is, so I'm just going to run through, is that okay if I just run yeah. through a handful of questions? Like what what's something that um, maybe most difficult hunt that you've been on and maybe – in two ways, like what was the hardest thing to kill, and then what was the most difficult hunt, like physically for you? That's all one answer. It was well, it's two hunts, but one it's, they're essentially the same. Um, I killed a doll sheep in the Yukon, which was a, a mountain hunt. I mean, you're like you're up pretty high, and I killed it on the last hour of a ten day hunt. So you, we climbed. Every, I lost fifteen pounds in fourteen days. Wow! You climb nonstop. And it's whether I got one or not, you still have to pay for it. So that's that's pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. And um, and I'll I'll just tell people I I could at the time that was, I guess I was twenty three. That hunt was, um, somebody the outfitter had a cancellation. They called the office because we again we put people in touch with people kind right. of thing. And so my boss or Dennis, um, uh, he said, well I'll t- I'll I'll take the hunt and I'll sell it to Cameron. And he pulled me aside and said, hey, I bought you a. Or oh, do you wow. want you do you want this doll sheep hunt? I said, man, I can't afford it. You know that you you signed my check, and he said, I'll pay for it. Wow, you got a year to pay me back, and I paid him back in ten months. Fortunately, but um, 
I'm glad I did that hunt when I did because it's doubled in price now. So wow, but mm. any, yeah, I mean that same hunt's probably is that the big hurt. white one? The big white sheep. Yeah, yeah I've seen pictures so, of it. It was very physically demanding, mm. you know, and like when the we ran out of food. The plane that was supposed to come pick us up, we had to hike 25 miles to get to where we were going to start hunting, okay? And then we hunted for 10 days, and we had to hike the 25 miles back out. And um, we, we the plane that was supposed to pick us up couldn't get to us because there was forest fires between us and civilization, so we had to eat the whole sheep. We ran out of food, and there were grizzly bears <laughs> around. <laughs> My mind's getting blown right now. Around and, like... We, we had to build like a little, like a kind of a teepee and hang the sheep meat on it right. and put a little smoldering fire under it to keep the flies off of it. And you, you get hungry, you just walk out there and cut a little sliver off, put it over the fire and eat it. And you yeah. do that three days. That's, you ready for something else? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty, that pretty miserable. Um, yeah. Then um, my the most dangerous like hunt I've been on like from a – like a geographic kind of standpoint, it was Kodiak Island, Alaska. Grizzly um, bears? No, uh, I was hunting mountain goats, but they were brown bears. They were brown oh, yeah, bears. it's a big brown yeah. bear, yeah. And, like, just imagine this table right here. What is this, four? Eight, oh, four, or three, three, four foot wide, eight foot long. Yeah, okay. So you could stand, y'all could stand on this table and close your eyes, walk back and forth and be fine. No problem. All right, put this table on top of a 2,000-foot cliff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what we had to traverse oh, <laughs> back wow. and forth. Huh. And, like, I guess your brain, like, goes into survival mode. Yeah. And I could – there were a couple of times I couldn't force myself to take another step because it was just a drop-off on both sides. Yeah. Like, I, could, I was trying to tell myself, just walk, and I, I couldn't do it. I mean, it was hmm. – that, that was terrible. Those are – those are some of the largest bears in the world. Am I right? Yeah, they're huge. Like a, a and they're aggressive. Yes, extremely they're, aggressive. They're, I mean, they're a ten and a half foot bear from nose to tail, mm. and then they kind of they square them basically. You know, if the bear was skinned out laying there, you square it like nose to tail, and then widest point on its claws, ten and a half feet. Dude, look at this stink bug. It's crawling up the cord to my face. <laughs> Is that why you were flicking your cord a while ago? Yeah, man. I was wondering what he was doing. He's I don't want to hit it because it'll, you know, it'll stink. <laughs> He's trying to put that stink on you. Look, man. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen one do that. Man, he did a flip. Uh, man, I like I like it when you talk about conservation because I I was that was one of the things that I was thinking. Man, that'd be good for like. Cause we got, like I said, we've got teenagers that listen. We got older folks that listen, but you know, you can look at us three and you can tell there's probably a lot of ladies that listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and she critiques me. <laughs> yeah. I, it, Holly, uh, Alex's wife, she, all she talks about is how stupid we are, but the, um, it's fair, but no, we do have a lot of ladies that listen. And I think, uh, you know, like I, I heard you not maybe answer this question, but you just maybe you were just ranting. I don't know, but at some point <laughs> it was kind of like the whole whole question because I know you take you take like fire sometimes when like you said earlier when you post stuff you'll post a picture on Facebook or post a video from a hunt or yeah. something like that, and you'll have crazies that just come out of the woods firing. Well, but I, I guess what I'm saying is like some people would ask, 
why would a guy from Alabama want to go kill something in Africa? It's not just for the meat, obviously. Yeah, right. it, I mean, people, a lot of guys, a lot of hunters try to, they're kind of apologists in a way because they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm just, uh, there's all these positive benefits because they're they're kind of sugarcoating what we do. Like, I go hunt because I like to hunt. Right. Um, not necessarily killing an animal, that's kind of a byproduct of it, but I like to hunt. I like experiencing different cultures. I like being in the elements. I, I like that. Um but there is a, a conservation standpoint, and people say, well, how – the uneducated person would say, how is killing an animal saving it? Right. Well, you're putting value on it. That's what's saving it. Let's mm-hmm. go back. We, I mentioned those Marcor earlier. Those were nearly poached to extinction because locals who just are feeding their families, like, we don't give a rip about, mm-hmm. you know. But when you go to them and say, hey, uh, we got these rich Americans – That'll pay y'all a pile of money to protect those. Well, all of a sudden now it's like, well, they have an economic incentive to protect them. We want more of them to sell. Yeah, we need more of them. Okay, if there's more, that means there's more permits. If there's more permits, more people can come hunt them. And so uh, more people that can come hunt them, they're pumping more money into the community. Um, But each animal, you can't can't manage a markhor the way you manage a white-tailed deer in Alabama. You can't manage a white-tailed deer in Alabama the way you manage a brown bear in Kodiak Island. You right. know, everything's a little bit different. But the bottom line is, the in, you know, the inter, intertwined theme is if it has value, it will be protected. Bottom line. Yeah. Bottom line. That's all there is to it. Um, and so, and none of these anti-hunters are writing too many checks <laughs> to conservation groups and to uh, yeah. research studies and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, I, I don't know of an anti-hunter who plants greenfields in Alabama. Right. And... You know, we plant green fields and kill two or three deer off of it a year. Right. But how many deer don't get killed? How many animals get out get to benefit from that right. food? And yeah, and all I that. think most guys that grow up in the South like just they couldn't put it into words like you can because that's the world that you live in and yeah. you talk to those people a lot. But like, I think they just intrinsically know that you still. That that stink bug's still after us. <laughs> How dare you get this thing off me? <laughs> but that because you know we know guys like you know I go to church with guys that are like they'll they'll spend way more money than they have to deer hunting because they get deer hunt around here, but they want to go to Illinois because there's like big bucks or whatever you yeah. know, or there are more more of them I guess or anyway. Uh, but you said something one day we were we were just kind of hanging around talking or something and. You get you started kind of ranting or going off on the whole conservation thing, and you was like, "Bottom line, hunters write checks." And when you mm-hmm. said that, I was like, "That's right." Mm-hmm. Like, and that just makes so much sense to me. I I think there's a disconnect there with a large number of people. They don't understand. There's that. a huge disconnect. And let me give y'all a little uh, open y'all's eyes about something. The polar bear is the poster child for these anti-hunters and and green people mm-hmm. and, and liberals and everything because. For, for whatever reason, if an animal has eyelashes, it's like they care about it. it, it it's weird. Like well, if it has eyelashes. If they drink Coca-Cola. Yeah. 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 But like. <laughs> you got to give them a pass. Anti-hunters really don't care about alligators. Mm-hmm. You, you, people shoot out. I mean, swamp people is one of the highest right. rated. And they really don't care about fish. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of. But, you know, they. it's like there's a disconnect. Like, oh, yeah. well, it doesn't have eyelashes and it's not cute and cuddly. So. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. really care about it. It's, I think it's kind of hypocritical. If you if if you are an anti hunter and hate my guts and everything, all for I'm I'm all for it. 
if you don't eat meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you yeah. eat meat and you still say I'm a bad person, yeah, that's extremely hypocritical. But hey, getting back to the polar bear, um, we can't import polar bears into the U.S. right now. You can still go hunt polar bears, but you can't import them into the U.S. Okay. So one of the milestones that the company I work for requires that you shoot a polar bear. So these guys are still going to hunt them, and they're getting replica polar bears um, mounted, which that's yeah. a whole other story. But yeah. <laughs> those Inuits up there yeah. that need that money, that, that village that needs that influx of revenue, yeah, they're still going to get it. Mm-hmm. So you're now, mm. we've taken a $45,000 polar bear that somebody who may want to pay that now can't because they can't, they're not going to because they can't bring it back. Well, if I'm a native up there, I've still got to get some revenue. They're still issuing the tags to the natives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. They're selling those, they're shooting those polar bears for 600 bucks and selling it to Russia and selling them the skin to Europe and selling it to hmm. Asia. Yeah. So, That's so wild. these anti hunters don't realize the animals are still getting shot. Yeah. But mm. they're completely. Valueless. Yeah, they don't have the they're worthless. the price tag attached yes. to them. They're loving these animals to death, you know. And and somebody that, I, you know, these and usually if I start getting bashed on social media, I just immediately start blocking it. But one time, my girlfriend at the time, she's my wife now. She's like, "Why don't you ever post anything about us?" I'm like, "Have you ever had anybody attack you online?" No. I said, "All right. Well, the next time it happens, I'm gonna let, I'm just gonna let it roll, and I'm yeah. kind of I'm gonna ag it on a little bit, and I'm gonna see." How you ha- how you would handle somebody saying this stuff to you? And I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna burn you alive. We're gonna skin your family and kill you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's horrible stuff. Yeah. And and okay, and I, that, I did get on there and kind of poke them a little bit. Just I like, mean, you got you got to do it. Yeah, bit. just like, but and then Lindsay was like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, I just I don't get the disconnect. That that's so clear to me though. That like like you said, if if the price tag is attached to them, then guess what? That polar bear population is gonna flourish. Yes. There's more polar bears today than ever. They're yeah. not going. They're not. Their numbers aren't going down. Right. But what would what would make them even greater is to, like what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is to allow hunters to be involved. But there's it's just the emotion. Like you have to be able to separate emotion from reality. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like if if I had to. Like these, like a person who's against what I do but still eats meat, for instance. Yeah. If you showed them how where their meat comes from, oh, they, they couldn't would, handle it. Yeah. They right. couldn't handle yeah. that emotion. They couldn't handle it. But because there's a disconnect, they're like out of sight, out of mind. I'm I'm doing what I want to do, and I still get my way. But I'm going to impose my uh, moral morals and and what I think on people when I really I really don't know what they're doing or how they're doing it, but. They don't need to just because it hurts my feelings. If I'm sitting in a high rise in New York City, right. trying to tell an African village, uh, I can't believe y'all let a man come shoot an elephant right. when there's 500 people standing in Africa yeah. with elephant meat in their hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very high and mighty uh, yeah. uh, stance to take. Sitting in your yeah a nice apartment building in New York. Yeah, because then they would maybe stop eating meat for a little while, but then eventually, when they realized they still wanted to eat meat. At that point, they would say, well, I'd much rather have Cameron kill it and bring me the meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think there is kind of this, uh, because of COVID, I think there is kind of this organic movement where people are saying, "Yeah, shoot, we're, if, if it went south, well, how, would, how would we 
mm-hmm. survive? Like, right. how do we get food? And I'm not saying that I want everybody to start hunting or anything, but it, I would like more people to get educated about the realities of it and go buy a hunting license and um, I think you go hunt. Yeah. Saw that for sure with like you know exodus in certain states and things like that. People moving into places where they could get a little bit more you know land and things like that mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, a lot more people into uh, having them a little you know little mini farm and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, for sure. <laughs> people like I, the idea of farming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I got I got one really shallow question. Do y'all got anything? 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 I feel way more educated. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, like, just, I, can, I just wanted to know about if you ever felt like he was being hunted and he covered that. Yeah. yeah. I, liked, I liked that too. Like, I would imagine that's like, that kind of gives you some superhuman senses. Like it would heighten everything. If you know there's a line oh, yeah. tracking Listen you, to the, Okay, my first African safari, I was in Botswana. First night I was there, everything. They told me, like, hey, we were staying in these nice huts, you know, relatively nice. You know, it, it yeah. ain't like a, the, uh, the, nice the Ritz <laughs> Carlton, but, I mean, I had a nice running water. And, and, oh, I got you. So, uh, nice, comfortable bed. So, I'm laying there, and I don't know if you've ever heard a predator grab like a rat, like a, a have you ever heard a rabbit? get grabbed by, by a coyote. Yeah, yeah. It's like a real high-pitched squeal. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, it's awful. So, yeah, so I'm laying there in bed, and I, you know, I'm kind of in – I'm jet-lagged, and I, I hear this noise, and I wake up, and I'm like, oh, I'm dreaming. Well, then I kept hearing it, and I thought – and the, all this happened within just seconds. Then I thought, oh, they're messing with a new guy. <laughs> you know, they're the gringo. Listen to yeah. <laughs> and I keep hearing this, and then it dawns on me, there is a predator killing something. And I'm like, I jump up and I grab my camera and I try to get audio of it and then it cuts out. And so, but they had told me, do not leave your room. (laughs) Don't do it. Like, no matter what happens, you blow this whistle and somebody will come get you, you know, worst case. So I kept that in mind because I wanted to go outside and be like, yeah, what was that? Y'all, a leopard (laughs) had killed an antelope. If I could reach through that wall, I could have padded that leopard. Oh my god! It killed it right by my bed. I went. I got up the next morning and told them, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's." They just feed this leopard <laughs> in the area that, yeah. and you could see it's oh my god claw, claw marks stuff. We went out there, and there was a greasy spot. I mean, right <laughs> through the wall in the sand, right there. That leopard had killed yeah. something right by my head. It was oh it was god. awesome, man. One of my favorite movies, but also is the. Was and I'm sure, I know the story. I know the real story. The whole uh, was a ghost in the darkness mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, man, that that movie always like gives me chills. Though, uh, I know there's parts of the the movie, but I've read the book too. Yeah, and I went to the museum. You know, they got those they got those things in yeah. Chicago the Natural History yeah. Museum. Yeah. yeah. All right. So one, I got really shallow question then, and I think I've asked you this before as well. And I think maybe you let me try something. Mm-hmm. What tasted way better than you imagined it would? And also, what did you think was going to be delicious but was awful? Mm, that, I, I'm sure preparation goes yes, in. Yes, that, that has a lot to do with it. Like, I used to not even like eating deer meat until I started doing some different things with it. Um, yeah. I, I love it now, but um, just about... Every antelope in Africa is fantastic. Um, mountain lion, surprisingly, uh, tastes good. It's a real light meat. Um, probably the best wild game I've ever had is axis deer. I don't know if you've ever, see, ever seen those. Those are the ones in 
Lanai. Yes. Yeah. The spotted deer. Yeah. Um, they were, they were they're like super from, fast, right? Yeah. They're originally from India and uh, I think Pakistan maybe, but um, they're fantastic to eat. Um, How'd y'all like that hunting knowledge I just had? There? In my head, I was like, how'd Blake know this? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Because I'm not a novice like y'all. <laughs> One step up from a novice. Um, I think more people would like game, game if they just yeah. didn't know they were eating game. Yeah, and and had somebody prepare it well. Yeah, and it was cooked right. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. But what, was there something that you just you just in your mind imagined this thing's this gonna, gonna be delicious, be great? Yeah, it and then was like, oh, that's funky. <clears throat> mm, not really. I mean, I don't I don't really have a very discriminating palate, so that's, that's <laughs> not, I'm probably not the best person to ask that. Yeah. But. Blake would only like one animal if you gave him a choice. He would. He's what? very picky. No, what? you discriminating palate. That's describing you. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I eat pizza with no sauce on it. It's delicious, by the way. You should try no, it if you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I've never even had it. No, it really not. is. Like, why would you yeah. do that? You should try it. That's it, what makes the pizza. Man. <laughs> I didn't know that. Do people eat elephant though? They eat elephant. Buddy, I can take you to 500 people that ate one. <laughs> they they, ate, they took everything except the contents of the stomach of that elephant. Yeah, they used the skin, they used the bones, they yeah. used every organ, and all all the meat. Yeah, did you try it? Yeah. How was it? It was it was tough, but I mean, <laughs> it'll do in a pinch. Yeah. I asked my buddy one time about this girl he was dating. I said, is she pretty? <laughs> he said, he said she'll do in a pinch. And I'm always in a pinch. <laughs> so if you're in a pinch, you're in a pinch. What about giraffe? Can you eat giraffe? Yeah. yeah. I shot a giraffe. and I don't, know if, I don't know if I ate any of it, though. I did shoot a giraffe, and that was kind of anticlimactic, but... <laughs> A lot of all the women in my life, like my mom and sisters and everybody, oh, I can't believe you shot a giraffe. They just hated you. Yeah. Then when you start laying out those giraffe pillows, they change, they change <laughs> those, those giraffe purses and stuff, giraffe skin. All of a sudden, they're ch- I don't know why, but their attitude about it changes drastically. This throw pillow might change your mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. That, does it feel like we just sat down and started talking? It does. It really does. We've been going 43 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't Weird, it? man. So, uh, so one thing that uh, Cameron and I kind of text real quick uh, back and forth about we're going we're going to talk about it after we end this podcast. But he he might be interested in doing some podcasting, dude. I've got something coming down the pipe right now. Like, yes, I'm very interested. He's a video stuff too. So. Yeah. Cameron's uh he's got experience in broadcasting and stuff like that, but uh he started asking me some questions about uh, podcasting. So here we'll go ahead and commit right right here. If Cameron Mitchell launches a, a podcast, no, when when Cameron Mitchell launches a podcast, we'll commit to a free thirty second ad on Unclever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, you, you're about to have a forty five minute ad. Yeah. So we'll we'll have you back on again. Shoot, yeah, I can't wait. We can talk about your podcast. And it's not going to be just hunting, so. Okay. All right. Well, ours ain't just anything, is it? No. Is it even anything? Yeah, I don't think it Unless is you anything. ask Holly, and she would say, it's just stupidity. I love Trash. you, Holly. <laughs> You're the light of my life. <laughs> all right. Well, if y'all don't have anything else, that's all I got. All right. Thank y'all for having me. I really, really, really appreciate this. No yeah, problem, man. Babe. Thanks for coming. We'll have you back next time. <laughs>